Need a little time to catch up, catch up? This is the Morning Glory Podcast with me, your host, Michael Murata, an extension of Boston's interactive Music First Morning Show, streaming weekdays from 7 to 10 a.m. only at Indy617.com and via the free Indy617 app. A Morning Glory Monday on Boston's alternative streaming radio, Indy 617. And I mentioned a first. We have a first on this Monday. I think my first ever in-studio guest on a Monday. It's KT Bradley. How you doing, Michael? What's going on, sir? I am excited to be here. It's very nice to have you. Uh, we've been planning this for quite some time. Uh, we've been trying to find a, a good day to come in, um, talk about talk about literature, talk about books, talk about all the stuff that you've been doing over the last 10 years or so. Uh, and we, we stumbled upon, or you stumbled upon, Read Across America Day, Yes, which is today. Yes. Fuck. Oh, how about that? <laughs> Read Across. I had, no, I had no idea such a day existed. I didn't either. But I'm glad it does. Yes, indeed. So tell us about yourself, man. I've billed you as a New England author. Uh, you have a series called Waking Testarossa that has released multiple books. But I want you, in your own words, to tell Indy 617 listeners just how you roll and what you're all about. Uh, yeah. No, I'm a recreational writer, I guess you could call it. Uh, indie, you know, uh, no publisher, no more. Just uh, uh, publishing on Amazon.com, uh, like a lot of me and my friends. Um, yeah, no, Waking Testarossa is pretty... Uh, a pretty straightforward um, uh, type of story, you know, about average New England girl who just ends up dating Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> we we've all known some of us. Some of us know that girl, and some of us have been the Lucifer. Yes, yes. I mean, it, it's it's great. Her her best friend in the story is like every girl's best friend. Like, why are you dating this guy? He's terrible. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually turns out, yes, he's really terrible. <laughs> How'd you get into writing? Um, it was. It started out as, as a cathartic exercise, you know, just dealing, you know, anybody that's gone deep inside themselves, you know, you, you find all kinds of stuff. It's like, what the hell do I do with this? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just it just ex- expounded into something, you know, something to do with all the information and uh, started out, uh, wrote a novel just out of the out of the gate, you know, 800,000 words, nothing major. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, was that always building inside of you? You know, did you kind of always have it? Because you know, we were we were talking off air, and and what I what I love about authors and what I love about writers, uh, and really anyone in general is, you know, we live in this age where everyone has a great idea, and everyone has something in their head, and everyone has a, a desire and a drive. And what separates, you know, the the doers from the the don't doers is the ones who quite literally sit down and do it. You know, to get eight thousand words out on a book is no easy task. I mean, that's a that's a that's a massive undertaking, and you know, it sounds great when you conceive an idea, but not a lot of people can actually execute it. Yeah, well, I mean, any any anybody that's got a creative bone in their body, you know, you come up with stuff, you know, whether you sculpt or write music or whatever, and you know, you can either let it die and just wither in your mind, or you can actually, you know, put it to paper and and do something with it and share it with people, you know, even if it's just your family. Like I said, I mean, I write for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that buys my books, you know, that's great. I I think that's fantastic, but. If you're doing anything artistic, you got to do it because you enjoy it first, yeah. and then if anything comes of it, great. That's just gravy. Did you grow up wanting to be a writer? Absolutely not. Really? Yeah, no, I had no intentions of writing. I think I took one creative writing class in high school. I think that's the extent of it. Yeah. So it was just one of those things I stumbled into. How did it happen? Uh, like I said, it's just going through a really rough patch in my life, you know, trying to figure stuff out. 
And I just, you know, felt it out like a storyboard, you know, almost like a handwritten comic. And, you know, I showed it to, uh, to my friend who, um, who's a, uh, independent movie producer. Um, and he's like, you got to do something with this, write a book or something. It'd be good for you. So mm-hmm. I, I took his advice and, you know, next thing I know, I got a freaking novel. I like, what the hell is this? Yeah. How yeah. did it feel when you finished it? It's like, I was just astounded. Cause I mean, like, like I said, just the, the word count alone. I'm like, this freaking 800,000 words on this thing. Like, where did that come from? How did, I mean, it, it probably took three years to write the thing. But by the time it was done, it's just like, I was just in utter awe, you know? And at, at that point, then it's like, well, I want to do some more of this. What was that first book called? Uh, it was, uh, I Remember the Lost Princess. Okay. I mean, it's written like a book report. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Uh, it. <laughs> it, but you got to publish though, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got to publish. I mean, it, it, the story is great. It's just written horribly because I mean, not, not wanting to be a writer originally, you know, when you just start writing out of the blue, you have no idea how to format a, a paragraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like putting it together. It's like then then now I go back and look at it. It's like, oh, my God, how <laughs> right. could anybody read this? Thanks, Mom and Dad. Right, right. But it's, it's a, And it's on the printed page, so you can't go back and revise it, and you can't go back. Yeah. And so that le- kind of led into, you know, tell me about now, you know, with Waking Testarossa. You know, talk about kind of how that came into, into play. Well, uh, that that was that happened kind of different. That, that was kind of an external inspiration. Um, everybody's familiar with the uh, Twilight series, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I know I get guff all the time. Sparkly vampires, lame. You know what? You know what the Twilight <laughs> series did? Sold a lot of books. Yes, it did. Sold a lot of books. Yes, it did. Now uh, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer definitely uh, definitely hit on it. But I mean, you know, it started out. You know, I saw the movies, and 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 that's where you get the music tie in. I mean, the the music for the soundtrack for twilight was fantastic yeah. say what you want about the movies no for sure um but the the music was fantastic and you know the imagery uh was a very well shot movie mm-hmm. um and it's just like there was this feel to it it's like oh my god i want to encapsulate that in my own story yeah, yeah. so i mean i i'm not writing about the same stuff that she did but i kind of wanted to get that feel now, as we, we're going to kind of go into the plot of the series, um, talk about the you know multiple books, the multiple kind of uh, uh, different releases that you've had over the, over the couple of years. But music plays a very integral role um, in all of these stories. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. How did that kind of kind of come into play? Uh, some of it was organic. Some of it just happened to be you know what I was listening to at the time, and other stuff I just stumble across a song and the and a and a scene would just you know explode in my mind. It's like oh my god, I got to get this out. Mm-hmm. Like I'd literally pull over on the side of the road sometime, just start writing things down, just because it was so you know amazing. Yeah, and there's and there's a lot of New England artists that are kind of represented in the in the writing as well. Um, I met, I saw ribs kind of jump off the page. Yes, uh, when you sent to me, and tree is another one. Oh God, I love tree. You love tree, and oh, yeah. you, you came in. You had a couple of requests. Anytime we have guests in, we kind of do a bit of a studio takeover. Yes. You made a request for a tree song. Uh, I do. We don't have Mexican beer in the system. Yes, but we're gonna go with paper by tree. That what works. is it about tree that uh, that that you know? Because because the thing is, when when you're doing something like this, you know, and you have a local scene uh, quite like Boston's, mm-hmm. you know, you're taking you're kind of cherry picking certain an artist to kind of put up with the more national, more known artists. So, right. you know, you know, what was it about ribs? What was it about tree that you were like, you know what, they are gonna make the leap and represent uh, this storyline? Well well tree was great because, you know, you're dealing with um the the content of the book. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 
senior high school kids, you know, so you got a lot of, you know, just that teenage angst. Yeah, yeah. And I, nothing encapsulates that better, especially in New England, than tree. <laughs> I mean, you got that New England attitude, the, the you know, the, you know, all the, all the teenage angst and stuff built up where you just want to knock over furniture. I yep. mean, and nothing, nothing encapsulates that better than tree. Well, this one goes out to Dave, if you're listening. It's paper. It's Morning Glory hanging out with KT Bradley on Read Across America Day. Crank this one up. Joined by A.T. Bradley for Read Across America Day. Yes, yes. You vote in the Song of the Week, Paul. I do. I usually wait till the last minute, too, just to play spoiler. There's a lot of you guys. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of people out there that wait, that lurk in the shadows. Some people vote right away. You know, whenever we launch the Song of the Week, Paul, we get like a bunch of votes right off the bat, and then it kind of goes through the week, and we preview the songs, and then Friday is just an absolute mad dash. Not a lot of drama in, in this past Friday's Paul, but that's what happens when you pick a banger song, and it ends up beating everyone. Yeah, yeah, you just beat up everybody. That was so unfair, Michael. It's very unfair. <laughs> you know what? Dynasty's gonna dynasty. Right. But I will tell you this, uh, in the 9 o'clock hour, probably about a little less than an hour from now, we're going to preview four new songs for Song of the Week. And this one is Anyone's Game. There's no, there's one uh, uh, titan of indie rock, I guess you could say, included in this one. But it should be uh, should be wide open. It should be, should be pretty even. But we're hanging out with you. We're talking about Read Across America Day. Uh, you've written multiple books yep. over the last 10, 15 years or so. We're talking about how you kind of got into that and i guess kind of maybe your you know the 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 series that you're you know that that kind of defines you maybe as a writer is the walking testarossa series Waking testarossa testarossa yeah. come on do it how are you gonna do that to me <laughs> testarossa testarossa yeah you're doing that intentionally yeah well a little bit i gotta i gotta troll you a little bit man you always do you always do <laughs> you know it's like i asked you and then you're, you're gonna flip it on me yeah. walking testarossa hey, i'm here for my own entertainment i think you should have figured that out by now where'd you come up with the title of this um it it, it goes back to um you know i i've got a lot of things i'm passionate about cars are one of them mm-hmm. and um and 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 coming up with with the with the antagonist i mean the protagonist for the story um, I had a couple of different places to pull the pull her name from. Um, one, obviously, Testarossa is, is a car, um, and, and the the backstory is basically her dad had a love of cars and Ferraris specifically, and he he ended up naming her Testarossa. Um, uh, the um, and it obviously shortens the test. Yeah. Um, so it just made for a really interesting book title. Okay. So. Um, and the, as far as the waking aspect, it, it, it's about um, the, the story is about, you know, going from just a normal everyday life. And then all of a sudden you find out that everything's not really normal. I mean, we all experience that in some form or another. Um, for her, it's finding out that stuff like, you know, uh, you know the devil's real and angels are real and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that, that was kind of like where the name came from. Did you think that when you started this, now there are four books total. Yes. Did you think that this was going to be something that had multiple editions when you first sat down to kind of formulate this and put you know, pen to paper, so to speak? I think it had to be. Um, I kind of envisioned it as a, um, as a series from the get-go, mm-hmm. uh, just, just based on um, the, ins- the various inspirations for the book. Um, so it, it, for, it to, for it to be organic and, and grow the way I wanted it to and have the character change um radically throughout the throughout the story it had to be uh, a series of four different books at mm. least and so th- could there be more oh definitely um you know it, it's it's hard ending a story because i mean in re- 
when you're dealing when you're dealing with a book like this, it's based in reality. Mm-hmm. You know, reality never has an end. I mean, even even for, death for is better a, or worse. Yeah, even death isn't an end, depending on how uh, philosophical you are about death, mm-hmm. um, which the story does focus on pretty heavily. Um, it's more about what's beyond, and so so having an end really wouldn't fit the book. I mean, I, I, there's even a false ending in the book just for that reason. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's designed to go on, and, and and eventually it will be spun off into other stories and stuff. How how would you say you've now? When did you start the Waking Testarossa series? It was like 2010, 2012. Yeah, it was it was right about the time um, uh, Eclipse came out. I I believe it's like after I after I had seen that movie in the theater. Um, then it's like, okay, now I got to start writing out now, yeah. now it's got to happen. So yeah, th- that's about the time that, that I started writing it. Mm-hmm. How do you think your writing has kind of changed over the years? Um, well, I'd hope it's gotten better. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's like me with radio. Yeah. I'm like, I hope this show is better than it was a year right. ago. But most would say it's probably not. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you don't have to worry about opening a book and looking back. It's like, oh my god, did I really do that? Well, some people yeah. have audio. <laughs> yeah. So some people are like, do you remember that time? In, yeah. Uh, oh. in, in July when you said this, and I'm like, yeah, actually, I do. And yeah. uh, thanks for reminding me of it. It's right, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing out there ever really truly dies. Some jerk's nope. got a recording somewhere. Hey, listen to this. <laughs> people have it. Have it. Oh, so I mean, are you are you happy with the way you're at right now as a writer? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in a hiatus for the past couple of years. I mean, I have stuff written that I just haven't um, finished, so to speak. Um, When's the comeback? I'm I'm hoping to get something out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a, a campaign compa- yeah companion series written um, for Waking Testarossa called um, Of the Left, and it, it kind of circles the story. Um, it has little bits of cameos here and there. But I want to do something to expound on the universe a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So nice. That we, was the idea of that. We were talking about music and how kind of mu- music is kind of weaved into the narrative of the story. And um, when we were kind of talking uh, a couple of weeks ago, kind of going through the story and a lot of the bands that are that are referenced, one band really jumped out to me, and that's Boston's Ribs. How yeah. did you uh, How did you kind of take to them, and why did you decide to kind of bring them into the mix? Oh, that that's that's an excellent example. I mean, a lot a lot of my writing comes from. Uh, from dream sourcing, whether it be uh, lucid dreaming or you know just free dreaming, um, and as a result, Tess does a lot of that throughout the stories. Mm-hmm. And I heard the the uh, um, ribs came out with a bunch of new stuff about the time I was writing some of the books, and uh, one song in particular, "Queen of Hearts" by Ribs. Mm-hmm. It was just it was one of those songs I heard it and the entire scene wrote itself. Yeah, it's awesome. like gut chills, everything. It's like, oh my god, this fits into the story so well. Yeah, yeah. And just built a whole dream sequence off of that. It was just fantastic. That's awesome. And, you know, like every every music scene in every city around the world has, you know, a handful of bands that for those that were there at the time are like, how the hell did this band not become the biggest thing in the world? Right. And right. really, you know, ribs are on my short list for that. You know, kind of going back to the Boston music scene of the late two thousands, early twenty teens. Um, you know, their Russian Blood EP, British yes. Brains, yes. just some phenomenal, phenomenal oh, stuff they're, there. They're incredible. And uh, my favorite rib story is um, is they finally had a song in. They finally had a song on MTV, mm-hmm. and I forget which song it was. And um, I was kind of in, in touch with the band back then, and I think it was like Teen Mom. 
Yeah. Uh, they finally got a song. And, you know, at the time, like around there, it was like you get one of your songs into one of those shows. Like, that's it. That's the break. Uh, you huge. know, and like, you know, it's a massive, massive signal boost for, uh, you know, an on the rise band that has kind of, you know, maybe a local or regional following. Yeah. It's going to break into a national uh, platform. And, you know, whenever the song plays, you know, MTV would kind of list the credit on the bottom. You know, this was like, you you know, now playing, you know, ribs. I right, forget right, what, right. what song it was. And the, the scene that the song came up on, like the teen mom, whoever it was, her dog was mauled and killed by another animal in oh, the man. neighborhood. And I remember Christopher Ribs being like, <laughs> son of a bitch, like we finally get our song on MTV. And it's like this horrific scene that what everyone is like, everyone's like, no, that was the worst <laughs> thing ever. It was like, oh, man. Them's the breaks, ribs. Yeah, well, yeah they, nobody's gonna forget it. That's for sure. I mean, it was, but it was not something where they were they were not running to their uh, their local digital uh, marketplace to go buy that song right. after this horrific incident where yeah. the dog was mauled by. Look what by, we did! Like, oh, yeah. sorry, sorry, ribs. There's there's your big break. But the uh, song the song we're gonna play that you picked is called Even. Um, really killer stuff. And if you don't know ribs, I played ribs every now and again. They released a new song last year called 1992, I believe it was called. Uh, Everything ribs do is absolutely fantastic. Now based down in New York City. I miss Ribs very, very much, and I harass them uh, quite regularly oh, yeah. to uh, play some shows and to keep releasing music. It's even Ribs hanging out with KT Bradley. Read Across America Day, Morning Glory. Eliza on Indy 617. Hanging out with KT Bradley, my first ever Monday morning guest. It's been fun. I love it. It's been a good time. We're walk- talking about his waking Testarossa series. Eh, maybe it's Testarossa now. What is it going to be? <laughs> it just flips back and forth. And uh, really, you know, one of the one of the great things about this series, uh, and you can order all this stuff on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all right on Amazon. Um, just either Waking Testarossa or KT Bradley uh, punctuation. For some reason, Amazon wants the punctuation. No, it always does. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that really jumped out about this series, you know, all throughout its four books, um, is really the music tie-ins as well. And a lot of the bands that are kind of included on here, we've heard Boston music so far from Tree, Ribs, there's also She Wants Revenge, Muse, Tom York, Black Keys, Jane's Addiction, stuff like that. How do you, you know, we live in an era where music is really infinite right now, and there's just sure. so much going on. You know, how do you determine who, what bands or artists you're going to kind of weave into the narrative? Well, with, with Waking Testarossa, I mean, it was a combination, you know, of, of music I was listening to at the time, mm-hmm. stuff I liked, and stuff that I thought went with the character, because uh, Tess is really quirky. She's kind of like punk light, you know. The the you know we all we all know the girl, you know, black and red hair, you know, ripped fishnets, you, you know, Chuck Taylors, you know mm-hmm. that they that make, that type. They make the world a better place, my friend. They do, they do, you know. So it's like a lot of it was like. What kind of music does she really listen to? Mm-hmm. You know, so the you know there's some edgy stuff, there's some quirky stuff. I mean, you know, every you know there's Arcade Fire, there's Chevelle, um, Clyde. You mm-hmm. know, there's nice. some there's some stuff that's you know kind of re- kind of kind of out there that a lot of people haven't heard of because it's not mainstream. Yeah, and you know that that's kind of what Tess is. She's very you know little little off here, little off there, but at the same time, you know, it's always come back it's like from a distance. All right, that chick's pretty cool, but unapproachable mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah and then and obviously you know um, we're going to talk about muse in a little bit as well the black keys make an appearance as well how did you go with the black keys track especially sinister kid yeah uh, all that that's just like that that encom- encompasses um uh my character luke who is turns out to be lucifer himself um it just it was just the perfect lead-in for that 
you know, that John Hughes type of uh, dream sequence. You know, it's like so everything goes slow motion, you know, the the blonde hair flip. It's like, mm-hmm. hi, I'm Luke. What's your name? And Tess <laughs> just melts. You know, That's awesome. Yeah. That was kind of the inspiration there. Black Keys were in the news last week. Uh, they released a killer record in 2019 called Let's Rock, uh, going back out on tour, taking Gary Clark Jr. out on tour with them, which is yep. a pretty cool move right there. They'll be playing at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield August 21st. This is Sinister Kid hanging out with KT Bradley. Read Across America Day. It's Morning Glory Monday. These things by She Wants Revenge showing up in the Waking Testarossa series. Oh, yes. Joined by KT Bradley hanging out with me in the 8 o'clock hour on this Monday morning glory talking about his books. It's Read Across America Day. It is. Good good day to have. Good day to celebrate. You know, like uh, like National like Trisket Day or whatever the hell. Yeah, you know, right. You know, these national days have a, an order of importance, and I do think... Uh, you know, as much as I love uh, sticky cinnamon buns or whatever the hell uh, we're <laughs> celebrating on any random day, a yeah. Read Across America Day I think is vital and is, I think it is important. Um, you know, I, it's, what's interesting is, uh, speaking of tangents, like, you know, you talk about how, like, oh, like, I've seen people be like, no one reads anymore. or no, right. Like, I read all the time. Yeah. It's just on the Internet. And right. it's mostly garbage, but, like, <laughs> it's also, you know, it's still, you know, you're still reading and, and people are writing. I, I, I honestly have this belief that people are writing more than ever. Yes. Um, you know, on tweets or status updates or Instagram captions, like people are legitimately writing yeah. these days, you know, and, and some of it better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's 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 I think it's important to have like a read across America day to kind of highlight, you know, literature and authors and stuff like that, because, oh, it's, sure. you know, maybe I don't know. The Internet has done many devilish things to many yeah. industries. Right. Well, you can only watch so many cat videos before you got to get it's something true. legitimate in your brain. You, you need some substance yes. after a while. So we're talking about your Waking Testarossa series. Yeah. Uh, what's next for you, man? Um, I don't know. It, it's I just re-released um, the first book uh, last fall, I believe. Um, you know, one, getting away from the publisher and, and, and back to more of an independent publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just re- re-release that. So, I mean, you'll... If you look on uh, on Amazon, you'll see there's there's two different covers for the first book. Um, it, with the re-release, I did a I did, did a quick um, a quick refresh on the story. You know, just touched up a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I'm gonna like like I said before, gonna uh, work on trying to get that um, that that companion series out. Nice. Um, I do have a couple of short stories up there. You know, uh, quick reads. Um, if you check out my uh, Waking Testarossa page on Facebook, um, you scroll back. I also had a couple of uh, short stories on there. Um, I set them up in, a, in like a really light format, so the chapter like it'll take you like three minutes to read. You can load it on your phone. It isn't it isn't a whole bunch. You know, it's something to do in those down moments. You know, you know if you just if you don't want to just scroll aimlessly like we all end <laughs> up doing, yeah, yeah, it's like just br- like zombie scrolling. You know, it gives you something to read, you know, on your cigarette break or whatever the heck you do with yourself. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, listen, man, thank you for coming in. Oh, it's been thanks, great. Thanks for talking, sharing the music as well. Like I said, you know, when when uh, we were first talking about this, really the bands that are kind of associated and kind of weaved into the narrative of the yeah. story really jumped out. I uh, really thought it was something cool, and then I thought, you know, Indie 617 listeners would be into you. Definitely. So thanks again. We're going to close with a, a band and a band and song prevalent in uh, the stories, Muse of Starlight. Oh, yeah. How'd you oh, yeah. go with this one? Uh, that that's like your perfect prom song. Yeah, and you can't have any any teenage girl's story without a prom. It's true. It is true. We got we got Indy Six One Seven's version of the prom, which is the song of the week. Paul, oh, coming oh. up, we're gonna preview four new tracks. 
Give thanks to KT Bradley coming in, chatting. You've been listening to the Morning Glory podcast. Stream Morning Glory with Michael Murata weekdays from 7 to 10 a.m. only on Indy 617.